Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. This is episode 40 with Shelby Mongan. I apologize for the rambling at the top, but I thought it was all pretty fun and entertaining, so I left it in there. I did not practice too much self-control during this episode in order to keep it uh, on track, because I was just having a lot of fun talking to Shelby. I also have not been practicing a whole lot of self-control while playing a stupid mobile phone game that I downloaded via an add-on Fruit Ninja. It's called Band Stars. It's, uh, you pick band members, you have them, uh, play certain genres of music that you match up with what the lyrics of the song will be about. And they record the song. Sometimes you can have them do solos. If they get worn out, you feed them energy drinks. It's very, very dumb. I've spent many, many, I, I don't know if I've spent many hours today playing it. I've spent many minutes playing it. it all of the three minutes that I've had. <sighs> stupid. You know what's not stupid? This episode, real good. Um, Shelby is someone that I met at a Your Stories event f- for the Nerdalogs uh, a little over a year ago. Uh, she was such a frequent Your Stories contributor and friend of the Nerdalogs that when she moved to Ohio to go to pursue a master's degree in theology where she currently lives, uh, the Nerdalogs made her an honorary Nerdalog member because she is just so kind so passionate such a big heart uh that uh it was important for the group to commemorate that in some uh small dumb way and uh when she told me that she had been listening to a lot of the podcasts and really getting into it and was going to be in town I absolutely welcomed uh, having her as a guest. She is a tattooed person and gets into lots of cool stories and details on why that's important to her. Um, And I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Shelby's a great storyteller. As you may or may not have experienced via the Your Stories podcast, speaking of your stories. We have one coming up this Sunday night, March 16th at the Public House Theater. Our guests are the Chicago Outfit Roller Derby. Yeah, that's right. We got a group of people who do roller derby to come tell stories with us. And appropriately, along with that, the theme is Scarred. Uh, So come check that out. The following Thursday, the 20th, question mark? I should have had a calendar up. Thursday the 20th at the Chicago Nerd Comedy Festival. 
will be another Your Stories event. And on that following Saturday, the 22nd, at 10 o'clock, both of those at Stage 773, uh the Nerlogs will have our Chicago Nerd Comedy Festival show at midnight on Saturday, March 22nd. I will be a ho oh gosh, what is a judge for some events taking place during the once more with Whedon uh, portion of the festival. I don't know that they know what they've gotten themselves into in asking me to do that specifically, as I know very little about Joss Whedon's properties. I know Dr. Horrible, and I know the Avengers. Is that the end of the list? Maybe. Does that make me a bad nerd? Maybe. But you know what? I talk about a lot of stuff that I'm really into in this episode. Probably too much. Probably should have let Shelby talk more. But you know what? She was such a great guest. She didn't complain about it at all. I hope you all enjoy it. I think it's Gruyere. Like, no, it's fucking cheese. Shut up. Stop being pretentious. It tastes... Yeah, I mean, at first I was like, is this Swiss? No, it's better than Swiss. <laughs> Swiss is fine, but I don't know. I don't have feelings about Swiss. Why there gotta be? Listen, I really like cheese, and if a cheese naturally has holes, I feel like that's missing cheese, and that disturbs me. <laughs> like that cheese should have something in those holes. I'm sure it has something to do with the process of how it's made. Yeah. Um, but I don't care. But I don't care. I just want more cheese. Um, oh, speaking of how it's made, I have a show that I want like everyone to watch. Okay. Um, it's called um, Mind of a Chef. Mind of a Chef. Yeah, it's this <clears throat> kick-ass PBS show. Where it's like 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. Turn the TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just exclaiming that we are mutual attended TV hackers. So we would watch shows on PBS. Also, there's like seven PBS channels in my area. We have. They're terrible. Three or four. We have three or four. Yeah. Um, my show. Chef. Yeah. Yeah, the show follows um, a single chef. And they go to different, they focus on different ingredients in different places. Last time was this Japanese chef who runs Momofuku in New York. I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, and he talks about sushi and ramen and pasta, and he goes to, like, Tokyo in an episode. And it's just, it's really fun. Yeah. I liked Good Eats when I was a kid, and I, uh-huh. like, I love food shows. I like, I like Good Eats. I think yeah. Alton Brown's kooky. <laughs> he is my... Like number one weird crush. Really, I'm in love. My current crushes are like Alton Brown and Stephen Colbert. I like have this weird thing about foxy old guys. <laughs> I love, I love a good silver fox. Yeah. I did, I have done a Your Stories monologue about my obsession with yes. Gilbert. <laughs> I do like every time that you talk about like. Wanting to do forensic science. It was like, I like CSI. Also, Gil Grissom is really hot. Super silver fox. <laughs> it's a good incentive to want to get into a career path. It's like, maybe there'll be other hot people <laughs> in real life. Oh, that's like, when I wrote it, uh, I guess I there was this part about it that was like, um, <laughs> I explained for people who weren't familiar with this show that like Gil Grissom is 
the oldest member of the crime lab. <laughs> and that, like, the other characters are the traditionally, like, young, right. super, like, square-jawed, attractive men on the show. And I was like, no thanks, Nick Stokes. <laughs> I'll take the older, wiser, yeah. funnier guy. You let it age a little bit. Because I knew what I was into. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have any qualms. <laughs> and that got, like, a huge response and that really delighted me because I feel like I was writing it for myself right and the fact that people other people also <laughs> dug it was very your stories you know what I mean well I feel like that's the audience that isn't gonna be like that sexy stereotypical cop with an edge but with a heart of gold like that's not the kind of people that we want yeah like yeah, we yeah. want the weird old guy who's like sort of quirky and strange but also smart silver foxy yes very very let's not deny that he is physically attractive. He is very attractive. <laughs> he is. No, he's definitely, and I, like the other guys on the show, I always say people are att- not attractive to me, but are yes. demonstrably attractive. Yes, I totally agree. I feel like that, like Brad Pitt is the same way. I don't like George Clooney mm-hmm. personally, but I'm like, mm, he's still really sexy. Yes. I, we feel the same way on yes. this. <laughs> so I feel like the other guys are more that sort of, um, traditional yeah. yeah 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 but granted i i feel you because i have a giant crush on alton brown <laughs> so like he's not unattractive he's really he's yeah, cute but he's not attractive either uh that's why i said he's not unattractive he just well and especially now that he's not wearing like terrible hawaiian shirts with bad haircuts oh like yeah that's true he's, he's like real fly now <laughs> he designed a lot a line of like Artisan bow ties? No. These are things that I know. His podcast is great. Like, I, I was going to ask if you listened to his podcast, but I assumed you did because... I do. And I'm so mad that I'm broke right now because he just did his... He's on his tour right now. Mm. And I want to go so bad. But it's like 50 bucks for tickets. Oh. See, that's so disappointing. And I, I have to ration out that kind of stuff. That's like... I I want to see Aziz Ansari live yes. so badly. But he only ever plays at the Chicago Theater and the cheapest Which ticket, is so expensive. The cheapest tickets there are like 60 bucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I love you, Aziz. Like, right. I've loved you since Human Giant, I love you. But it's so much. And, yeah. I, and I'll probably, I don't it's probably sold out by now. Um, Geiger told me he bought two tickets. So, and he did. like, doesn't have someone to take right now. So he's like, if... <laughs> the Nerdalogcast? Uh, I, I, I have talked, yes, I talked about that yeah. on, um, oh, well, I think it was actually an MBSing, yeah, yeah okay. with Tim Dunn, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yep, okay, yep, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I get my podcast mixed Oh, up. no worries, man. I'm on both of them, so as long <laughs> that as is you true. remember me. <laughs> I know that you were involved at some point. Yeah. No, uh, I get that, though. The only way, so my comedy hero is Mike Birbiglia. Oh, I'm obsessed with him. Love the Birbigs. Well, he's a storyteller, and his stuff always makes me cry and laugh. Yes, yeah. Um, I've seen um, uh, uh, Sleepwalk With Me. Uh, I haven't seen too much of his other stuff. I've seen one of his other specials. My girlfriend's boyfriend is on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet, and I want to. So I saw it live. Um, Oh, cool. And the reason why I got to see it was because my friend works at the theater that he was playing at, so I ushered. Um, Cool. And then I got in Here in Chicago? Yeah, it was at um, the Biograph. Yeah, I knew it was at, like, a non-traditional comedy theater. Because it was a play. Because it was a one-man one show. show. Yeah. And so the first, um, the first, so I saw, I did it twice. 
Mm-hmm. And the first show that I saw, the only seat that was open was in the front row. Oh my gosh. And I like, speaking of older, <laughs> unconventionally attractive guys in the middle, yeah. Burbigs is up there. I love him. So love I'm like Burbigs. fawning in my seat over the show. Shh. And it's, I mean, the show itself is really beautiful because it's all about marriage and love and mm-hmm. like whether marriage is even a viable thing and like whether mm-hmm. love exists and it's so touching he almost dies a lot in his life like he has a lot of near-death experiences um there was one in sleepwalk with me there's one in in my girlfriend's boyfriend like he keeps almost dying um and so it's really poignant like it's really mm-hmm. serious mm-hmm. so i i literally I laughed i cried like and then at one point he he does like to interact with the audience a little bit mm-hmm. and oh. I think I, I tend to be kind of loud when I react to shows. Yeah, I'm just right. a loud person. Yeah. And hey, join the club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've told me before in, like, on Facebook, yes. I love listening to your stories because I always hear you laugh. I can always hear you laugh. I still can, and it makes me really happy. That's sweet. If not just because I feel less weird about having a really loud yeah. laugh with someone else. <laughs> Um, but it makes me happy to hear other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're reacting loudly. Yeah, he said something really like depressing or sad, and <laughs> I loudly was like, "Ugh!" <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, "I know." <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, like Birbiglia!" Twinkle, like anime twinkles in my eyes. Right? Like, <laughs> it was great. You had to stop every fiber of your being from being like, "Thank you, yeah. I love you so much." <laughs> Just vomit. Now everywhere. that I have your Exactly. <laughs> now that I have your attention, <laughs> just interrupt the entire show in order to proclaim my love to this man who is married. Which, spoiler alert, is how the show ends. It's about him getting married to his wife, who is awesome. Uh, yeah, it was. But that's so like ushering for things. Like that's how I see big shows. Mm-hmm. And like I'm seeing Welcome to Night Vale, but that was because that was right. cheaper. It's, it wasn't yeah, it's at the Athenium. Yeah, those that place is always super affordable. Yeah. I think Joe is going as well, Gennaro. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think he's going to the early show. Yeah, because the first one, it sold out in half an hour. That's crazy. I didn't realize it sold out that fast. I knew it sold out. It was a weird experience because I was on the computer and I would click on a seat or two seats to buy them. And then I'd click submit and then the seats would already be gone. Oh, shit. So I had to like, basically, instead of picking like section A, seat 7, I had to pick like section D, seat like... 12 right to know that i'd actually get a fucking seat right, right it was right. terrible it was crazy it was very very like i'm high strung anyway it was really stressful i finished and i was like I need, like i need some prozac or something like that. crazy um but we got tickets and i'm it, you know i mean it's a it's an audio medium so i'm not really concerned about being able to see it right sure um, that's something that i haven't gotten into yet it's certainly on my list of things to do i need to just add it to my podcast well uh, which I haven't done yet, but I know I'll be like thumbing through things and be like, "Oh, this is now yeah. is the time to start." Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, it's um, I have like, so I listen to a lot of podcasts that are like this, like talking and mm-hmm. stuff. But I also listen to like narrative stuff. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm in the middle of this um, Brian Posehn and a bunch of his friends. Nerd um, poker. Nerd poker. Yeah, I love nerd poker, but it's a different. Uh, sort so of it's thing. a it's they podcast them playing D and D. Yeah, for anyone unfamiliar. Yeah, and I've never played D and D, but I want to, but I don't have anyone to play with right now. So <laughs> oh, I realized that I hadn't told you I started recording, but oh, I still <laughs> I assumed, and I was like, I figured do I, you do had, I want to play the trope where I ask <laughs> if we started recording? I figured you had already figured that out, but then I 
totally uh, <laughs> sold it out by explaining what nerd <laughs> poker was to, no to the microphone, <laughs> yep. too. Hey, uh, so podcast audience that's listening, because I already started recording, nerd poker is <laughs> a recording of a bunch of nerdy comedy people playing D&D. Yeah. <laughs> and record. <laughs> it's really fun, but it's narrative, so I feel like it's not the same sort of thing as listening to, like, The Nerdist or listening yeah. to, like, Freakonomics. Exactly. That's how I felt about Improvised Star Trek. Yes, exactly. That's how I could blow through it so fast is because it was so different from anything else yeah. that I listened to. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Yeah. But Night Vale is, like... Someone yeah. described it as, um... If Stephen King and Neil Gaiman made a town in The Sims and then let the town run for like ten years and then started Came back public to radio it. in it, oh, that's so cool! Because it's really weird. Uh-huh. Like weird stuff happens. Right. Is it written? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's it's written ahead of time and okay. it's it's read like an old timey bro- uh, radio like radio show play. Yeah, yeah. Um, like right now, there's a run for mayor, and the two people that are running one is a faceless old woman who lives in your house, but you never see her. <laughs> so she just always is in your house. Um, what? And then um, the other person is Hiram McDaniels, who I love. He's a five headed dragon. And each of the okay. dragon heads have a different personality. Okay, I gotta listen to this show. It's so good. And it's like, I've actually cried during episodes. Um. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm listening. Go for it. Um, yeah, I've cried during episodes. Like, it's really... Oh, it's just so... And it, it's pointed. It's really funny. It's funny in a way that I don't always laugh out loud, but I'm mm-hmm. just like, hmm, kudos to you, Night Vale. Like, this is Right. Great. Yeah. It sounds... Everything I've heard about it, and you're... This is, like, even more than I've heard of, like, all yeah. the different characters, and honestly, I, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be, like simply dramatic or I knew it wasn't just like comedic no uh, it's definitely funny in though between yeah cool I'm definitely gonna have to get into it um in an early episode of MBSing uh with Megan Babb about uh South Dakota uh-huh she mentioned that she's super into Welcome to Night Vale and that was the first time I had ever heard of it yeah and I feel like it was that uh oh Claire knows the name for that uh that thing where you hear a thing once and then you hear about it all the time. Oh, Do you know what um, I'm talking about? Yes, I was just thinking Kleinsberg about Kleinsberg something effect yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, some sort of, it's if you're thinking, if you're thinking about hippopotamuses, you will <laughs> see them everywhere. Right. Yeah, yeah, and the first time that you hear a name or something, you yeah. start, you think you start to hear it everywhere, but it's really just it's that you It's been there the whole time. Yeah, your attention to it is heightened. That's happened to me with Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. Uh, Claire, when you listen to this episode, I, I'm not gonna look up what that thing's called. I just want Claire, when she listens to it, to, like, G-chat me or something, <laughs> which is so, she very, she does this so often when she listens to the podcast, she'll, yeah. like, essentially live tweet it, but just to me. <laughs> you said that on her episode, which I thought was so cute. And I love Claire anyway. She still does that that's so fairly funny. often. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Well, that's, like, the, the nice and weird part about having... <clears throat> friends like run things uh-huh. is that you can talk to them about the right. thing that they make yeah, yeah, while yeah. you're like you know them but it's I also with, it. it's just it's and strange. I did the same thing to Matt about yeah. improvised Star Trek well right and then after I like there were certain times when I would do it where I would just be like 
Oh my god, this is probably really annoying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love it so much. I'll never do it again. <laughs> and then tomorrow you're like, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and then like, oh my god, episode 79. So good. And he's like, I don't remember making that one. That was three years ago. Right, yeah. <laughs> I wish it was more into Star Trek. I saw improvised Star Trek. I don't care got- about Star Trek. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And the show is so good. That it doesn't matter. I get a lot of the tropes because I'm a nerdy and a pop culture person. Exactly. That's like all you need. Yeah. It's And because it's improvised and like, you know, if they get a suggestion like Kapla in order, they can do, which is an actual title yeah. of an episode, they can do an entire episode yeah. of their podcast that's a Law and Order spoof. That's so cool. Improvised in the world of Star Trek. Oh. With characters they created. That makes me want to vomit. Right? I can't right? handle that. It's fucking great. Yeah. Like, and, and you know, the possibilities are endless because they're not beholden to the Star Trek universe. Yeah. They're not, but at the same time, it they have this, I I have talked about Improvised Star Trek <laughs> on this podcast. It's genius. So though. much. It's and so I good. don't care because I really want people to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, on, on Chris White's episode that I'm still in the middle of editing <laughs> that I'll release, uh, Today, later on, and then yours will go up next Wednesday. I'm breaking down all the walls. Here's my skin. Uh, yep. Everyone knows. Uh, I talked about it on his episode, too. Yeah. Because I, I, I just, yeah. It's really If wonderful. you listen to this, then listen to that. Well, and also, I think if you can, go see them, too. Yes. Because I, so I don't even know why I went. I don't think... I think it was like before a Nerdalog show when you guys were at IO. Yeah, or like that, that makes sense. Something I don't have, I don't, or someone had an extra ticket, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care, I'll go. Sure. Because I like improv a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of on the fringes of the community. I did improv in college. I'm not very good at it, <laughs> but I basically ran my team at DePaul. At DePaul, yeah. Uh, what quarter life crisis was our cool. team? Which is, I feel like, so my old roommate is the one that came up with the name and the group. I came into the group late. Mm-hmm. We did sketch and improv. Um, That's awesome. None of which were very good. Hey. <laughs> but we met well. We did it. And it was fun. Like, um, actually, I feel like you or people... I played with Brian Biancardi, who was a... Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. a friend of mine, and he was in that group with us. Brian's great. He was our improv dad. Um, Aw, That's awesome. And also, so, not to recount stories from my C-level <laughs> improv team oh, from no, college, please but... please do it. So, we did a sketch... Uh, for Halloween, we were doing a series of PSAs, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Let's have celebrities." Which now, keep in mind, we are all terrible at impressions. None of us <laughs> I did a Zoe Deschanel impression, which was literally just because I look like her a little bit and I have a ukulele. It wasn't a good impression of her, but yeah. I did one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had a series of celebrities doing PSAs about things for Halloween, and there was one we decided for some reason to have James Blunt. Yeah. Uh. This was in like 2011, so he was no longer old. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, James Blunt doing a PSA about like not hooking up with a skanky costumed girl or something. It was really weird. But the, the whole joke of the, the sketch was in the "You're Beautiful" video. Mm-hmm. He for no reason like takes, takes off his, his clothes, clothes off, off. Yeah, and yeah. then jumps into an ocean. Yeah, yeah. So my life is brilliant. Right. My life is pure. I love him, but that video makes no sense. It's yeah. So Brian was playing James Blunt and just took off his clothes <laughs> of throughout the sketch. Of course he did. <laughs> Which we thought was hilarious. I don't think the video was so old at that point that I don't think anyone's got it. Especially because, yeah. And like, he watches music videos too. Mm-hmm. Like, And you guys are, 
like, you're young and you were playing to a young audience of people who, like, when did that, yeah, you said this song came out in... It was, like, 2008 or nine, I think. Right. So, a lot of those people were, like, in high school. Well, and we were playing to freshmen. Like, most of the oh, okay. shows were so freshmen. Were, and the thing no is, idea. that difference is... It's huge. Huge. It huge. really yeah. is. Yeah. It is. And so, but what was the best part about that? So, we're dying in the corner. Because <laughs> Brian, who is ridiculous, is Brian's on stage hilarious. by himself, taking his freaking clothes off. Yeah. But the best part of it is he gets down to just his boxer briefs, <laughs> and the way that our, like, the area was set up that we did shows, <clears throat> there were seats and tables and stuff, but a lot of people ended up sitting on the floor, because the comedy nights were really popular. Mm-hmm. So there was a freshman girl sitting on the ground, and Brian is standing with his junk, like, inches from her face, <laughs> talking about, in this, like, terrible James Blunt impression, <laughs> talking about not sleeping with skanky girls, and she's just, like, staring at his dick. <laughs> it's, we... I have not laughed <gasps> so hard. And, and it wasn't even a funny sketch. Like, the right. sketch itself wasn't good. Yeah. But it was funny to watch Brian strip and funnier to watch him put his... And he knew, like, he's great. And he knew right away, like, oh, this girl is super uncomfortable and I can make it worse. Yep, 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 um, yep. And, of course, the people in the back had no idea why everyone was laughing. <laughs> because they couldn't see the girl on the ground, like, mortified. Because she had someone's penis. Oh my god. I think that is the perfect time to segue (laughs) into introducing you. You've heard me like, judge me on my weird insanity and weird quirks. Uh, Also, here I am. uh, My guest today is Shelby Mungin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the... That's correct. That's right. Okay. You didn't say Morgan, so you're ahead of the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's something that came up on Clayton's podcast, that neither one of us can, can understand why... When faced with certain letters, <laughs> things just come out of those letters that aren't there. Yeah. Like, what, Morgan, that's, there's not an R in your name. No. It's, there's, there's not. The, the R keeps going into an N. Yep. Well, Clayton's last name is hard to say. Margison. Yeah. I'm not convinced I could say it right now. That's why I just said Clayton. <laughs> Clayton's last name. <laughs> <laughs> that one guy on that one podcast. Uh, no, people have messed up my last name for my entire life. It's. Six letters. It's not too hard. It's not that, I just got. It's a little cumbersome. Like people want to say Monaghan or Morgan all right, the time. Right. Nope. It's it's Mongan. Uh yeah. I just get called Mary a lot, and <laughs> so that's just weird. It doesn't suit me, right? No. It's like I think that's the that I think that's why it it does tend to bug me more than it probably should. Sure. Just because I don't seem. Like a Mary. Anyway, <laughs> Shelby's going to be talking to me about tattoos. Yeah. You are a tattooed person. I am. I can see three tattoos, but I know... Oh, four. Yeah. If you turn your arm right. I have a lot of... It's uh, and then there's... Of yep, okay. Tool. Um, and this is like... I have as many tattoos as I do because I was an RA for a couple years, which means I had no expenses. Oh, Except right. for like my phone bill. So yeah. I had a ton of extra money. Which most of which went towards putting ink on my body. And now I have real bills. So I haven't had one in a while. I'm hoping my tax return is good this year so that I can finish stuff. Treat yourself. Because um, they're very expensive. And yeah. worth it. Like, they should be expensive. Mm-hmm. Don't what? be getting any of those janky ass cheap tattoos. Yeah, okay. Uh, one time I uh, went on a few dates with a guy who, after the, like, Second date, I found out that he had a backyard ICP tattoo 
that he had gotten when he was 14. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love that because, so the, the bad tattoo part mm-hmm. makes me really sad, like, right. in my soul. But I love Juggalos <laughs> so much. So much. So, growing, I grew up in... I did not hang out with him again after that. No, I don't blame him. I wouldn't either. I definitely would avoid him. I don't want to go near Juggalos, but I love them. Um, I grew, when I was growing up, I grew up in Maryland, and there was... People everywhere had hatchet men on their cars. And oh, like, yeah. But I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I didn't know what it was for a long time either. It's just, it's, when you're not, a lot of, there were a lot of jugglers around, but I didn't know anything about them. Right. Um, I, oh my gosh, I'm so obsessed with them. Um, <laughs> I've watched documentaries on them. I'm in the middle of Nathan Rabin's book about that, about jugglers and fish oh, culture. Oh, what's it called? Uh, you don't know me, but you don't like me. I have, yeah. I haven't heard of that. So Interesting. Good. I, Nathan Rabin is... So cool. I, I need yes. to read more of his stuff. And that book um, is, um, it's sort of a biography about a certain part, or it's like an autobiography as well as a... Cool. It's really, it's really neat. But Juggalos are just like a fascinating... I love rednecks. I have a secret soft spot for them because I grew up around them and a lot of my family are them. Uh-huh. Um, Where did you grow up? Maryland, outside of Annapolis. You just said that. Yes. No, I apologize. Fine. No, you're fine. Um, you were just blinded by the Juggalo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I... Yeah, the hatchet thing. Okay, Maryland. so yeah, so and we're we like to pretend that we're the South because we have the Mason Dixon line yeah. at our border, but right. Yeah, when you said you grew up around rednecks, I think that I think that's what threw me off because yeah. I was like, you're not Southern. There's a lot of white trash though. When yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, especially where I grew up too, mm-hmm. and I loved them, but there was there's definitely and my so if this is any indication, family that grew up next door to me now lives in Alabama, like. My family is well suited to the South. Mm-hmm. I'm not, but my family is. <laughs> I am much more Midwest. I'm mm-hmm. much more urban, which makes me sound really pretentious. But no, it's just a different like. No, it's different, I like that. I think uh, being able to be like self aware is important to me, yeah. and I think that's definitely a part of it. Um, what would you say is your uh, the inception of your love for tattoos? Uh, well, so, <laughs> my mom had a tattoo when I was really young. She got a dolphin on her ankle. Mm-hmm. But she was not, like, a tattoo person. Mm-hmm. I didn't have... There's, I think there's a difference between getting a tattoo mm-hmm. and being a tattooed person. I would agree with that, yeah. There's a different sort of thing. And I didn't grow up around tattooed people. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had hers. Uh, this woman who was, like, sort of a second mom to me, she got hers. But she's the kind of person that, like abhors tattoos as a general rule. I don't know why she got it. Huh. It was a Jesus-y tattoo, so maybe that was... Mm. But um, it was, like, the stereotypical, like, flash art on the ankle. <laughs> Just, like, wasn't... It wasn't anything artistic. It was anything... But she had one. It was, like, a cross or something. Yeah, it was like a cross. That. It was literally a cross with, like, a draped thing over it. Gotcha. Um, and my uncle had a tattoo as well, and I've always looked up to him, but he sort of hated his. Um. He got it when he was young, and it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't have a lot of experience with them, but... Um, <laughs> the the second worst tattoo I've ever seen. Yeah. Aside from the ICP tattoo, it was just above his knee, oh. and it was like all black. It just said ICP, and it had the black outline of each of their like makeup. <laughs> I someone recently told me. Someone recently told me what the names of the members of the band are. It's Shaggy and Violent J. 
Yeah, I wasn't oh, going to remember that, that. I know that. I mean, you are reading a book about that's right. uh, ostensibly about juggalo culture. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I know Trey Anastasio's name, but that doesn't mean I'm into fish. Right. Uh, so yeah, so I told him to his face that it was the worst tattoo <laughs> I've ever seen, and uh, and then I didn't hang out with him anymore. And then the second. Worst podcast, or worst podcast, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The second worst tattoo I've ever seen was on this really skinny um, frat guy at Furman who, like, we had this frat called Teak, uh, T, ta, Tau, Kappa, Epsilon. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Teak. That was, like, the smallest fraternity at the school. It was very much, like, the, like, rebel, like, uh, kids who just like really liked to party and really liked one another, but yeah. weren't like stereotypical frat guys in yeah. most other ways. So he's just like this skinny guy who like always wore a beanie and he had like he went by a nickname. I can't remember what people called him, but it, you know, no one called him Cans his real or name or something like something yeah. really stereotypical. Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, it's like Skeeter or something weird oh, like that. And, uh, and so yeah, so like you can kind of picture this guy. So he got really drunk. At a beach weekend with Teak and doesn't remember getting a tattoo of like a beach scene. It's on the inside of his arm. Oh. I can't remember if it's on his forearm or like the inside of his bicep. Yeah. Um, but either way, it has to have been really painful. And yeah, that's a terrible place. It. And it's just like a palm tree and a beach and a sun with like a dolphin and it says Teak forever. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it's like blurry like it's yeah. such a shitty yeah. shitty tattoo Ugh. because he got it when he was blackout drunk at myrtle beach, <laughs> oh, myrtle beach. there's uh. been some times there well see that's the thing that's i think is there's an interesting corollary there too because a good tattoo artist won't tattoo a drunk person mm-hmm. you shouldn't a because they're not going to make good decisions b because it's way harder because your alcohol thins your blood yeah and you bleed more. right um I, one of the tattoos that I got, I had had drinks the night before. Oh, wow. And I, and I bled more than I've ever bled on a tattoo before because it was still, there was still some of my system and my blood was still thin. So it's just, it's a lot harder to tattoo a person Mm -hmm. that has alcohol in their system. And it's stupid. Like you're going to get something like that. Or Mm -hmm. like I've seen Homer Simpson hanging off someone's nipple. Like. Oh no. (laughs) But at the same, so the people that would tattoo a drunk person are probably not not good tattoo artists. Right. right. So you're going to get a terrible tattoo. It's, you're not going to have someone world class Mm -hmm. or like really skilled who's going to be like, yeah, that guy that's super hammered. I bet this is going to be a great idea. Right. Beach scene. Yeah. 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 Teak forever. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, But so I didn't have a lot of people tattooed in my life mm -hmm. when I was younger. Um, Unfortunately, the way that I found it, uh, I went through a hot topic phase when I was in like middle uh, school. Um, somehow that doesn't surprise it me. It shouldn't. Well, <laughs> I've, I've talked about this. I think at your story oh, too. Oh, maybe yeah, yeah. Like I. Uh, oh yeah, maybe in your hair story. Hair story. I, I had a story up. about Good Charlotte that I okay. told um, when we were still at the upstairs gallery. Too. Right. Um, I just was. I felt really different than the like pearls wearing side ponytail lacrosse playing girls that I grew up with. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were always nice to me, but we were just weren't similar. Yep. So I aired towards I the had a side. similar, I had similar, like, young uh, experiences in that, like, I knew all those people and, like, was in classes with them. And they were never mean to me. Yeah. But I was never that person. Like, yeah. Like, I was always just fucking nerdy. <laughs> yeah. That's how I was, yeah. I think, like, in middle school, I was voted best, or most all-around 
student. Oh, great. Yeah. But I also didn't like most of the people I was in school with. Yeah. So I went through a hot topic phase and like, I listened to Good Charlotte and Yellow Card a lot. And I listened to, I got really into Green Day and My Chemical Romance. Just mm-hmm. a lot of like terrible Hot Topic bands. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have tattoos. And mm-hmm. so I started to see this and started to skew towards like, I don't want to say like an alternative lifestyle, but sure. sort of a different sort of style and a different sort of thing. And um, realized that it was this opportunity for me. She's got tattoos exactly. and piercings. She lies. <laughs> she's <laughs> Social distortion, my girl. Oh, that's all. A hot girl, a riot girl, and she's taking on the world. I had a riot girl tank top, like a good oh, Charlotte Of course Brandon. you did. Of it course It was black and had a pink riot girl logo on the front. Because yeah. oh. I was a riot girl. False. I wore that sort of tank top and like shorts from Target in <laughs> Vans. Which is how I found I had, shoes because uh, they were left. I bought they're them. They're adorable. And then just left them at my dad's house. Oh, nice. Like, six years ago. <laughs> and I was like, free shoes, cool. They're in great shape. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I had that album, whichever, yeah. is that self-titled? That is uh, The Young and the... The Young and the Hopeless. hopeless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The self-titled I liked a lot, too. Um, I didn't have the self-titled one, just had Young and the Hopeless, so I know that one yeah. very well. <laughs> Super up on that album. Uh, kind of a connoisseur. No, Because I was young and I was hopeless. <laughs> yeah. And I was nothing and I knew that. <laughs> You are sort of inevitably hopeless at that age, though. Like, yeah. you're not a real person. You're not very cool. Yeah. Might as well listen to this crappy pop punk. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I rotated that album and, like, Lil Bow Wow's Beware of <laughs> That's way better. I had the weirdest music taste. Yeah. It was all over the place. Yeah. And there was only a couple things that I was really obsessed with that I listened to, like, I, I was so into Jason Mraz that I, like... I, I still love him. So do I. He's incredible. Yeah. I also... He's anyone amazing. that people that shit on him I think need to listen to his live albums yep because he's he, amazing live he's, I've seen him three times live you suck <laughs> I've never seen him and I want to see him so, so bad he's so good live yeah I've seen I, the only person I've seen more than him live is Glenn Hansard because oh right he's the of love of my life yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I would anyway, love I would yeah. love to see Jason Mraz live yeah, I had it's weird obsessions too. Incredible, incredible live. I was Everything about, off of we sing, we dance, we steal things. When he does it live, it's like, your voice, yeah. you're amazing. Live and acoustic is one of my favorite albums ever. And I don't know, like most of those other songs on there aren't from his album. No, yeah, he sings a lot of things that are unrecorded. Yeah, uh, and I like that about him. He's just he's so talented. Yeah, I love him to death. he's. I loved him for a long... Like, I've been Me too. a fan with him since the... Waiting, waiting for, for my rocket. rocket to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But no, so... Uh, <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> we had a moment. I uh, know. So I... List, oh, music obsession, though. I will mm-hmm. say I was really into... Um, James Taylor and Frank Zappa <laughs> and the Bernicke Ladies, thanks to my parents. Yes. Yeah, I think that's why my music taste was so weird, too. Yeah. My dad likes classic rock, my mom's mom likes country, and my brother likes rap. So, oh, okay. And I liked pop, yeah. basically. So, like, I had music knowledge of all of those things. Yeah. And I still kind of do. So it was just, like, this base-level knowledge of that whole... Of all four of those uh, genres. And, like, only very specific things that I was super into yeah. did I know, like, the whole discography. Sure. Like, Jason Mraz. I totally agree. No, and I think that helps. Like, I think it... it I know I can look back and say, like, okay, well, thanks to, like, 
Frank Zappa. Like, that's why I'm super into Fun's old stuff. And right. And like, Arcade Fire and these yeah. weird, like, multi-instrument, multi-big uh-huh. bands. Cool. And James Taylor and, like, Garth Brooks. I was really... Oh, I uh, wore my out. first concert. Yes, I did. talked about that before. Because yeah. I posted about how he sold out, like, five shows at Croke Park in yeah. Dublin, like, inexplicably. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I admitted to, like, you and Nathan that that was my first concert. Yeah. <laughs> and I wore out the... the Live at Central Park. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so back to tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> I just, this is great because I feel like we, I've been friends with you for a little while, but mm-hmm. I feel like we haven't been able to like sit down and actually talk. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So this is a good excuse. Uh-huh. We just need a microphone here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have time. Um, so I got really into the like pop punk side of things. I was never very punk. Mm-hmm. And I was also introverted, so I, like, never went to shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I started to see people with tattoos, and it started to, like, connect as a thing I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I... The summer after I turned 18... Oh, when you first were when eligible. I was <laughs> uh, my best friend and I went to uh, get our ta- first tattoos. Which, funny story about still that... Still living in Maryland? Still in Maryland, yep. Before I went to college. Especially, like... There were three of us that were totally inseparable in high school, mm-hmm. and so we were all going to different schools. Oh, and sure. so the other friend went with us. She didn't get anything, but she went with us. So instead of traveling pants, you guys... We got tattoos. <laughs> um, yeah. And my mom was actually really into the idea of me getting... Like, she was happy about it. Cool. Um, especially because it wasn't visible. Like, it's on my side. So it's not a great tattoo. Uh-huh. But oh, it's, but it's nice. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, and she was and like, simple, just like black outlines. Yeah, it's a simple, like, it's a simple three um, symbols. They're all religious. A lot of my tattoos are religious-based. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom was really into wanting to be there for my first tattoo, and so I got it, and that is, anyone that has a tattoo on the ribs knows, like, it's really painful. Super painful. Um, and I started... It's basically just skin and, and bones. bones. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And granted, that was my first one, so it was like, I didn't really have a conception, mm-hmm. but it's one of the more painful places to get. Woof. And she saw me starting to get tattooed, and she was so into wanting to be there, and she couldn't handle seeing me be hurt, and <laughs> ran out of the room, Aww. and just hid outside in the lobby until Aww. I was done, which I have made fun of her right. for that for ages. Um, now we have matching tattoos, actually. Cool. Um, one year for Christmas, that was my Christmas present, we've got um, a Shel Silverstein illustration. Mine's on my hip. Mm-hmm. Um, and hers is on her heart, which is really, it was a poem I memorized for her when I was like seven. <laughs> which poem? Uh, Invitation. It's the first in, it's the first poem in the, uh, Where the Sidewalk Ends. I thought it was from Where the Sidewalk Ends. Yeah, so I have the, we both have the candle, and we, yeah, when I was seven, I memorized the poem for her birthday, so we both wrote, um, in our own handwriting, the first line of the poem. That's so really cool. Mine is in her handwriting. Here. And it has a candle on it? It has, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah so, it's just a candle and it says come in. Yeah, it's really simple. A lot of I my love work, that. Because it's cheaper, a lot of my work is really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, but also, I like, like more tasteful yeah. in most cases, I think. I like it. And that's, I will say that my more simple stuff is also more likely hidden. That's the stuff that's on my torso. Right. Um, How many do you have? One, two, three, four, five, six. So I also, I have a lot of, like, Small. My forearms I got together. Yeah. So I count that as one, but they're definitely two. Right. And there's four stars on my arm. I still count that as one. Those are Chicago stars. Yeah, that's That's why I I got them as like my little, it's my little love letter to Chicago. Yeah, so she has four. Four, five, six. Okay. Yeah. That you, that I Including the things that you pair. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. So individually it's like uh, nine. Nine or ten, yeah. Okay. So, 
And I, I am not necessarily a heavily tattooed person. Mm-hmm. I wish that I was. I don't have enough money to be. Uh, but I am on my way towards it, and I am a visibly tattooed person, which I mm-hmm. think is similar still. Like, there's, sure. I'm not ever going to be getting, like, hand tattoos and neck tattoos and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I also, like, unless I'm wearing a cardigan, you can, like, you can see them. It's mm-hmm. not something that I hide away. Mm-hmm. Um, but also something that you could... I can't. If there were some need to. I have a my adult laser. Yeah. <laughs> It goes up to my forearms. That's really funny. But if I have to, especially like I'm getting into academia and I'm mm-hmm. getting into theology, right? And so I have to be very sort of aware. I to me, like my tattoos are a big part of my faith mm-hmm. and about like, and I get them intelligently and think. I try to think really critically about tattoos as a concept and uh-huh. as like a feminist. They're really important to me. Cool. But I also know that people have a lot of negative conceptions of them. Mm-hmm. So I I try to be aware. Of like when I should when I go to church I always wear cardigans so that I don't throw off any little old ladies. Right, right, right. I don't want to sure. distract people. Yeah, on I mean or... that's certainly uh, that's certainly a thing. It is. An, I think there's definitely a generational thing regarding tattoos. I mean they've definitely progressed in yeah. terms of like their perception since you know along with plenty of other things. Right, <laughs> but it's still there's still a lot of. Um, Depending Stigma. on and where you grow up too, like yeah. and whether I was never if I saw me if me as a child saw me now, <laughs> it would be weird because I wouldn't be used to seeing someone with as many visible as tattoos had, at yeah. all. Yeah, um, interesting. So I'm very I try to be very aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really funny when I talk to people and I can see them while I'm talking like, to them. Watch them wa- look at yeah. my, especially if I'm wearing like a tank top because mm-hmm. my biggest piece is my geisha, which I'm really, I really, really love and mm-hmm. hope that I get to finish if the government gives me enough money. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I can watch, I see people looking at it, which mm-hmm. is always really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind, but it's just, it's sometimes I want to be like, my eyes are up here. Right. But not because my moves, but natural man like human nature is to like you know investigate something that is unique yeah totally. regardless of what it is whether it's yeah. something that people embrace or something that people are like more self-conscious about yeah. it's like fucking austin powers and the uh fred savage playing the mole like <laughs> yeah you that, can't help it it's the basis that's like the basis stupidest form of the same thing, yeah. I think, you know? It's, it's not like, a bad thing. Uh, got a big mall, don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, but it's all you're thinking about. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's yeah. just human nature. Like, it, I mean, evolutionarily, I think it serves us well because looking, we, we are used to patterns. And mm-hmm. if our brain attempted to process everything that we saw all the time, we'd explode. Yeah. But our brain relies on patterns of, and in this case, what people look like, mm-hmm. as a means of, like, surviving mm-hmm. and not using too much RAM in your brain to look at <laughs> humans everywhere. Brain RAM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was just discussing brain RAM the other day because I was really angry that I still know all the words to, like, a ton of Third Eye Blind songs. Yeah, right. Isn't that fucking... It makes me I, angry. Yeah, as much as I just talked about, like, the base level knowledge that I have of a bunch of music, most of that music is garbage, and I don't... I don't I'll need it in it. my brain. I I know most of the lyrics to that Young and the Hopeless album. <laughs> I can sing along to most things that come on Pandora's 90s pop station. It's my favorite <laughs> yeah. station. Yeah. I don't need... I have theology that I'm studying. Like, I have thick <laughs> textbooks that I have to get through yeah. to do my job eventually. Yeah. And, like, 
I can still sing all the words to Semi Charm Life. Like, <laughs> this is not important. These are not useful it's, things. How does, it, how does the first verse start? It's like, uh, yeah. Do, 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 do. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep, it is a particular cadence. Um, <laughs> All I knew was about crystal meth, which is uncomfortable because I didn't get that as a child. Yeah, that's. I didn't know that that song was as, like, quote unquote risque. It super is, though. As, uh, as it actually is. There's discussions of oral sex and underwear. It's right. Litter and panties and hanging from a bed sense. Something like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the brain, like, people's brains need the RAM to process other things. Like, they don't need to be processing how people look. So when you see someone that's out of the ordinary, you can't really help. Yeah. But that's why I used to have colored hair, too. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing that people, like, was just super out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Like, that person's got teal on their head, and I'm confused. I have to process what's happening. Um, and it also, like, your brain goes through, like, the stereotypes and tries to match up. Because mm-hmm. we try to make, we make snap judgments for a reason. Like, that's the way our brains work. It's mm-hmm. a good thing. Mm-hmm. Stereotypes are useful, mm-hmm. not negative explicitly. When they're used wrong, they're bad. But they're not explicitly a bad thing. Yeah, as I've talked about in the past, your stories, I really like um, personality Profiles. I like, do too. Uh, I would love to talk about that. Uh, maybe, maybe not necessarily in depth on here, but yeah. in general. Um, yeah. So the the uh, the Myers Briggs has a a portion of it that's uh, either a J or a P, mm-hmm. which is judging or perceiving. Mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with what you're talking about. Like uh, the first, not necessarily always first impressions, but like. Uh, the way that your brain and your personality deals with exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Unique things in other people. Sure. So, like, a judgment uh, is more of a, like, okay, this is different. And it's not necessarily a negative thing. Right. It's not. Yeah. Uh, you know, they both have their pluses and minuses. Sure. I think I think perceivers tend to have more of a, like, benefit of the doubt kind of way of seeing the world which is very much what i am uh yeah. that the uh ex- uh being an extrovert and being a perceiver are my two strongest uh mm, okay. portions of my um myers-briggs the middle two are a little bit more borderline i could talk about this i could too what is your overall uh enfp i'm an infp oh that I, makes sense i used to be an ENF, ENP, or enfp when i was younger but I the older used, i get i skew more towards i older. used to be an entp and oh, the, old, cool. the older i get the more i skew towards a feeler instead of a thinker <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, love I yeah. love myers-briggs yeah. personality so do i so like i think i'm very borderline between thinking and feeling uh the n is uh, that's my like most borderline trait obviously because it's i think it's changed mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm very much a perceiver i very much give people the benefit of the doubt yeah but i like try to take in everything about them and about like my surroundings um but sometimes I think it totally would benefit me to be more of a, like, more of a judgment person. Yeah. Just because I feel like it would, like, help me be more, uh, I don't know, proactive in some sure. ways. And sure. just be able to, like, 
say no to things and yeah. and make better decisions and things like that <laughs> as opposed to being like perceivers I think can be a little more wishy-washy. We're a little bit more sponges and we like to yes. soak stuff up and yeah. not miss out on things. And yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Oh um, man. I love, it makes perfect sense yeah. that we have similar Mars rings. <laughs> I love it so much. So do I. Have you ever done the, um, the, uh, uh, oh God, I talked about it in, in a your story, I, but numerology uh oh yeah the enneagram sorry enneagram. i just blanked on the word enneagram. i'm a two wing four i think i two wing three i am a three with a two wing <laughs> or a two with a three wing a yeah, two yeah. with a three wing yeah that makes sense that is so funny we're super similar i have a test that i should i'm not going to eat up the podcast talking about this but it's i okay. do have a uh there's another test that i wouldn't like i could geek out about that i did through um like higher ed and and higher ed administration because um, I was an RA and we had to take Strengths Quest. Have you ever heard of that? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's awesome. Strengths? Well, strengths Quest. Strengths. I mean, the gist of it is that you have, there's 35 strengths that people have, mm-hmm. and you take this test and it gives you a ranking of them. And the idea is like you work on the things that you're good at, not the things that you're bad at. So you yeah. can get further along with the things that you're good at, and then like symbiotically work with people who are good at things that you're bad cool. at. Cool. I feel like that's kind of how uh, the Enneagram is too. It's similar. It's a lot about like, being the healthiest two that you can be. Yeah. And stuff like that. Which I think is cool and I really like um I really like that idea of being sort of true to who you are and um and, and what you like. So to bring it back to tangents, <laughs> I'm usually better at that, but I like being tangential and talking to you. No, I do too. <laughs> I, had a, I had a radio show for a while, and we got super. We did nerd news every week. Cool. Um, and we got real tangent. <laughs> happy a lot, and we had to get really good at bringing ourselves mm-hmm. back. So mm-hmm. I've got some practice in that. But I feel like I'm better about it in some episodes yeah. than I am in others. Anyway, no, I get that. Bring it back to tattoos. Uh, so. In like being true to yourself, what's really interesting to me is that all the tattoos that I have now, before I got them, it was like they were already on me. It just wasn't, I didn't have them fully realized, especially oh, my cool. geisha, which, so for context for the podcast, um, my, I am a quarter Japanese and my grandmother was an artist and I never met her, but she was like, did really intricate, um, silk paper folds and did really cool stuff. And she also did, um, paper cut, like layers of paper Cool, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Built designs that way, and she has. A, Isn't that a a pretty traditional Japanese art form? Yeah, I think so. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of um, paper art. It, there's a lot of people that use that medium now too. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had this gorgeous big picture of a geisha. That was my parents' bedroom when I was little. And after they split, I ended up with it, and it's been. I've had it since I was like twelve. Cool. Um, and I never. She died before I was born, and she was like. Four eight and like really round oh. and really sassy and she's my dad's like they were really really close and I'm close to my dad um, and so I wanted to get that piece and I've oh I've wanted that piece since I was like eighteen yeah um, and in my head before I got it it was already on like to me it was already a part of me cool it was just about getting it fully realized by getting yeah. it on my body and like some of them I've had longer decision-making time, like my forms. Mm-hmm. I just remembered that I had enough money in my bank account and left French class one day <laughs> and went and got tattoos because I would sort of been thinking about them. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are longer mediated. My stars for my Chicago, for the Chicago flag, um, the placement was originally an idea that I gave to my old roommate, and she oh. didn't like it, but I was like, no, I'm going to take it. Good, because <laughs> I want it, and that would be weird if we both got it. Yeah. Um, 
So there are four, one, one's on the outside of, like, of her arm, right above her elbow, one's yeah. on the inside of her arm, right above her elbow, They're on like each hinges. Arm. Yeah, they're like little... If, if you're super curious, I did break down on my Tumblr all of my tattoos oh. and why I got them, so if you ever want to, cool. like, if anyone is that interested, which I, I don't know if anyone will be, but I have that if anyone wants, like, I, will. I can give you a link I'll for I'll link it, yeah, yeah, that would be perfect. Um, but so... Together, yeah, my little hinges that keep my elbows in place. Um, but a lot of the stuff, it was just in my head. It was like it was already on my body. It was just a matter of having something that's so intrinsic to who I am. Mm-hmm. Everything that I have, I I am pro tattoos just for them being pretty. Mm-hmm. I think people should get tattoos for whatever reason they want to. If they want to, yeah. If they want to, it's for me. It's a, especially for women. It's about like you have control of your body, and it's a way to own your body and decorate it and make it a place that's hospitable for you. And uh, relate to the outside world in whatever way that you see fit. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you got into that because I yeah. almost asked about it when you brought up that you see it in a like as a like feminism yeah. in a feminism light. So I wanted to hear you get into that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a way of for me. It's a way of reclaiming mm-hmm. a body that like women's bodies are in many ways really regulated mm-hmm. and and policed. Mm-hmm. Someone talked about. Um, and no one had shed light on this before, but some, someone talked about, um, like, body policing and that, like, when we think about what I look like right now and, like, adjusting to how you look or thinking mm-hmm. about the way that you look and how much more women do that than men. And I never realized, like, how much I think about, oh, what's my hair doing? Like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. In the middle of a conversation, mm-hmm. I regulate my body for other people so often. Mm-hmm. And, like, between media expectations, and I've had weird body issues because I'm not the skinniest, and I've always been kind of short and potato-shaped mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when I was younger. Uh, my rapper name is Lil Squatty. <laughs> <laughs> That seemed pertinent to the conversation. No, <laughs> I want to hear more about this rap career. <laughs> well, it started in college. Is it just uh, you covering Lil Bow Wow songs? Uh, it's going to be now. Good. <laughs> Little squatty, which is like a weird dog reference, like a dog pooing yeah. reference. I don't know why that. Yeah. <laughs> he saw. He has a song called Puppy Love. Um, of course he does. Yeah, and it was like the fourth. It was one. It was one of the singles off of his first album, "Beware of Dog," <laughs> uh, and it was like the fourth song on the album, and it was the most like poppy yeah. song because it's like. <laughs> now I feel like I want to go listen to. to uh, um, it's pretty legit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the first song on the whole album, or the first line of the first album, is "Hair nappy, but I'm happy, pocket full of dough." <laughs> Which I feel like one, two out of those three things are probably true, but I feel like his pocket probably isn't full of dough because he was like 14. From the CL representing so, 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 so deaf. He was on that label. Uh, this is what Spotify is for, so I can go yep, back and listen to this yep, album. Yep. So Puppy Love is like, uh, girl, you can see, girl... Uh, I can't this plain to see, girl. I'm just be playing with you, girl. You and me can see it's just puppy love, and it's about like him, uh, being a child in love. Yeah, when um, well, it's about like how he likes hanging out with this girl, but he's not that into her. <laughs> that is not what the song title implies. Nope, nope. It's uh, so he's like uh, when I even he he takes a girl to uh. 
an amusement park on a date and he's like even though i may have told you on the ride you're the one i'm sorry little shorty i gotta take that back because i'm just too young to get down like that <laughs> i was just about to say what a dick but like it's no, very self-aware no it's because he was like 14 or something right. like that and the girl in the song is older than him and that's much better yep. than like bieber being like Baby, I love you. Right. Like this. I'm like, you don't love anyone. You're 16. Yeah. Little Bell. You can't drive yet. Very, very positive messages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does the, the, or now Bow Wow. Right, Bow Wow. Uh, he uh, does what's up. I am so sorry. I took it off on another tangent. No, about that's why. <laughs> These tangents are gold. <laughs> this, is, this is podcasting gold right here. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. God. You were talking about, oh, because you were talking about body image. Oh, you said, and I was like, well, funny. Uh, but let's talk about me again. Here, footnote, rap name. <laughs> no, I like hearing about your rap career. I think it's really important. Jackass. Okay, <laughs> uh, body image. Yeah, so the uh, women's bodies are super policed and super, like, I've had a lot of expectations about what my body is supposed to look like and, you know, having issues and being concerned about, like, not being the right size, not being tall enough, not being X, Y, and Z enough. Man, um, fuck that. You're gorgeous. Seriously. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I know, but thank you. Uh, no, but especially like in that middle school period too where I was like oh, really yeah. Dude. I was not cute then and that's nope. fine. Me neither. I looked real weird. I said nope like no Shelby, you, you weren't. Were, you I were was saying no nope because I was like I got that. Super like I was chubby and awkward and had terrible bangs yeah. and didn't know how to dress myself. Yeah. Like, it was terrible. Everyone went through that phase. What's weird is, so, but the reason why that phase is terrible is because there's like seven people who didn't go through that phase and they're right. always the yes. popular girls. Yes. yes. Exactly. The pearls wearing side ponytail yeah. girls that you mentioned that earlier. they That they, like, who I love but who like ruined everything. Um, in my school, it was, I'm just going to say their names because they all have the most, like, popular girl names. Jenna Schwartz, Heather Vaughn. Oh, gosh. Uh, gosh, what were some of the other ones? Those two, like, those were, like, two of the most popular girls in my were school. Were there, like, a Jessica or a Julie? Oh, yeah. For, there were a ton. Of, Jessica Bowling was pretty popular. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like when I think of popular girl names, Jenna Schwartz and Heather Vaughn are two of the first ones that come to mind and they are very like stereotypical popular girl names. Yeah, definitely. One of the girls who I was really good friends with but who was super popular, she was gorgeous, she still is, just re-friended me on Facebook recently That's and it was a weird feeling where I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to her forever and then I saw her pictures and I was like, you're still hot, damn it. Like, go away. Yeah, I mean, all of these are, yeah, most of those people are like girls that are like getting married to like people they met in college now right. and stuff like that or they're or like they're rock climbing in in australia <laughs> right. and i hate them extra but i also know that we wouldn't be friends yeah because i go on tirades about how much i love alton brown and they'd be like mm, i i Corona? guess i've seen that <laughs> i don't know i just assume that they 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 drink and hang out i don't know i love it in your mind <laughs> Their response to Alton Brown is just a generic Mexican beer. That is hilarious. And I like that it, it I don't know if it's because they want to drink one or yeah. that's just the only food they know. Corona. <laughs> uh, they're not interesting people. It's fine. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> there are many different people Man. in the world. Um, they it, just need... We need a lot of people yeah. in the world. And that is <laughs> one of them, I guess. In an improv show recently... Uh, 
I was playing a an, an American Idol contestant, and like other people in the scene had already been talking, and I hadn't really said anything yet, but it was like already understood that I was a fellow American Idol contestant, and I started when I like my first line, I said it as a very like affected like Valley Girl type, uh, 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 you know, uh, speech. Yeah, uh, you, uh, you go up at the voice. end of the cadence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like even uh, I was just like. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to do this, like, we have to do it right, or whatever. And I thought it, I thought of it as a very, like, um, overplayed trope kind of thing, and just kind of did it to, like, differentiate the character from others that I played in that show. Sure. And it got a huge response, and it was so unexpected, and I think it was just because it was so contrary to, like, everything else that I had done before that, like, the type that I am and like I have a relatively low registered voice to begin with so like just those like couple of ticks up in in like pitch just like killed and it was it was so funny to me because it was so unexpected and I was like well guess I gotta play against type more right well that's like that's the genius of and that's that's the sort of base of laughter it's our reaction to things that are uncomfortable or different yeah 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 and that's when you get that that moment, which is makes me laugh because it's not like you made a like gargantuan nope. choice or nope, anything. Nope, you nope, just nope. <laughs> sounded like a valley girl, and yeah. it definitely that's really funny that that mm. caught. Yeah, um, it was so weird. But yeah, so those girls sort of unknowingly tortured me <laughs> through middle school and right. high school. Right. Um, I didn't really date much. I just like I was not stoked on my own body, mm-hmm. um, and. That was, I think, part of, like, I acted a little bit when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I didn't pursue it a lot, because I just didn't feel like I fit in with that, and I also was really not that ambitious, so I figured it wasn't worth trying that, that hard. That was, like, one of the, that was, like, one of the places that I felt most, like, respected and, like, myself. Sure. Was when I was doing theater, when yeah. I was growing up, and, like, the fact that it took me as long as it did to realize that it was something that I was super passionate about yeah. is kind of ridiculous, because, like... When I think back on being a young person, uh, a younger person, <laughs> I'm not old yet. <laughs> uh, just um, it makes me go like, ah, oh, fuck. Why? Why didn't I like just stick with that more? Like there were times when I would choose other things over theater because sure. I thought it was what I wanted to do mm-hmm. because it was like playing soccer with those popular girls. Yes. I thought that was what I wanted to do because I love soccer. I really do. But I didn't like those people. No. Uh, I loved the theater people. Like, I, sh- I think I should have just, like, embraced that more than I did. Mm-hmm. And now I'm fully embracing it, so that's probably more important. <laughs> I think following... I have a funny story about that because I think following your passion at the moment, mm-hmm. even if it's wrong, is really good. I've That has helped me. That got me into a great high school... And a great um, college as well, because when I went to the par- part of the reason why I went to my high school mm-hmm. um, was to join the field hockey and swimming teams. Oh, cool! Um, I was obsessed with swimming. I wasn't good at swimming. Yeah. I'm five three. I'm not a swimmer. <laughs> I'm not. I have narrow shoulders, and I'm a large person, and I do not swim well. I love swimming, but I went because I was really excited about the team, and I ended up chickening out and not joining. But then I auditioned for theater, and I was one of the only freshmen who got a part with the lines, but a part in the cool. in the fall play. Yeah. 
Um, and I did through that through high school. I was a big part of drama for a while. It was weird politics, so I ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. But I was going yeah, to Yeah, high go. school theater is it's terrible. always garbage. Yeah. Although, I, I did act with someone who is in Disney Channel movies now. Huh. Uh, <laughs> he was in um, the one with the girl from Modern Family. She's oh, like the popular girl and the guy like uh-huh. does a documentary about her. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah Highland. Something. She's, I actually like her a lot. Yeah. But the guys... One She's of his, way older than she yeah. plays, right? She's, She's like, like in 20 her something. mid-20s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She... So the ki- the guy, one of his friends who's like curly and red-haired, mm-hmm. we were like... I've been in multiple shows with him. We were friends. <gasps> That's We actually great. went to middle school and high school together. Um, and now he's like doing stuff, which um, is really strange. I'm going to look up what that... I'll show him to you after the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, but so I went. To, I went to DePaul because I was going to be a dramaturge. Oh, that was the intention. Interesting. Was, well, my dream was I was going to go. I was going to become the head theater <laughs> critic for the New York Times. <laughs> that was my dream. So cool. Uh, I love which is that. not what's happening at all. No, uh, the opposite is happening. I mean, I went to school thinking I was going to going to go into forensic science. Right. So you're mm-hmm. you're also you went the other direction too. Yeah. Um, more towards Gilgrisham. Right. But, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um, but I I got into my undergrad program and I discovered this program that like has changed my life and meant a lot to me um, and has completely changed my course of study mm-hmm. because I went to the school for, like, I was going to go for dramaturgy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so I think, like, as much as it sort of sucks to be like, oh, I could have used that time, like, I could have done stuff with that. At it the probably same time, was there for a reason. Yeah. And it helps you appreciate the things that you are really passionate about, whereas if you just had been doing that the whole time, you know, who's to say that you'd still, like realize that it was as important to you as it is yeah totally yeah I, yeah that having that distance and realizing right. right that sort of gut feeling of like this isn't right yeah yeah my freshman year of high school I had a decision to make or no sophomore year uh my freshman year I did I played on the soccer team and I was in the spring musical in our community theater and there was just like time wise not I was not able to like devote en- uh, enough of my time to being on the soccer team yeah and the next year, I had to make the decision whether I was going to audition or not, and I didn't. And I just did soccer, and, like, my dad was in the play, so I would hang out with my dad, and, mm-hmm. like, backstage, and it was so much fun, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, I, I the made wrong thing. the wrong decision. Yeah. So from that point forward, I think that was really important. So I think that does speak to what you were saying about it, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so... In this, like, world that sort of polices what your body is supposed to look like and all mm-hmm. this different stuff. To backtrack again. Mm-hmm. Um, to one of the things... Which, again, you're doing better than I am, but... <laughs> uh, I... So... I, and this is something that I think was subconsciously true, but I didn't have words for until more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was a means of me... Originally, it was a means of me not being shy about the things that matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm loud, and I'm very forward with the things that I care about. Mm-hmm. Uh... It, to a degree that embarrasses or makes other people uncomfortable, which I sort of love. I think that's the basis of being a nerd, is being so into things yes. that other people are embarrassed for you. I agree. <laughs> which I love. Being so into things that other people are embarrassed for you. I love that. And I'm with a bunch of, like, muggles in my um, family, too. Muggles. Like, no one's nerdy in my family like I am. Uh-huh. And so I, they are embarrassed for me all the time at family gatherings. <laughs> it is hilarious. 
I revel in it. I think it's great. And so, but this is, so tattoos for me are a product of that. Like, I love the things that I love so much that I have to have them on my body. Like, mm-hmm. I want people to see them. I'm also like a, if I'm vocally loud, it makes sense that my skin would also be loud. Cool. Yeah. Um, I said that, <laughs> not that specifically. I made a similar, um, I drew a similar comparison once about my room. I was like, yeah. my brain is not organized, so I don't expect my room to be or no. something to that effect. That's how my house is. My house just is an excuse, but busy. Everything is everywhere. There's yeah. color. There's tchotchkes. I love tchotchkes. They're everywhere because that's what my brain looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and totally I, relate to that. If and I'm a very like aesthetic person. Like if I'm going to study somewhere, I have to study somewhere that I feel aesthetically right or mm-hmm. I can't do any work. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved into my apartment in Chicago and when I've moved into the place in Dayton where I live now, the first thing I did was hang up stuff in my room. Cool. Like I have... I am a very aesthetic person, mm-hmm. and I need my surroundings to, like, reflect what makes sense for me wherever cool. I am. And so tattoos are another way where, aesthetically, they reflect me in a mm-hmm. way that I think is really positive and puts me out there for people. Um, they're interesting conversation starters, <laughs> um, and I have to rein in sometimes. Because my forearm tattoos, especially, I have a, an ohm symbol and a fleur-de-lis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ohm symbol, I could is a really long story as to why I got it. And I have to, like, judge who I'm talking to about whether they whether give a shit. Whether you... Right, 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 um, right, right. Because it's all about, like... I'm not Buddhist. I don't practice. But I'm Catholic, and I mm-hmm. practice that pretty fervently. But um, it's taken on a lot of different meanings. But overall, it's just an idea of, like, being with people and seeing people as complex... Uh, complex people, complex beings, being with them not judging them on a snap way. Mm-hmm. I thought about it because... Perceiving. It, perceiving. <laughs> it's a tattoo of a ma of the Pete in my mm-hmm. INFP. That's cool. Um, this is a fun exercise if you want to blow your own mind. Um, <laughs> next time you're on the train, or, I mean, you bike a lot too, you can do it while yeah. you're biking. Um, but I do it on the train where I think about the people that are sitting in the train with me and how they have a lifetime of experiences and thoughts that I will never know and, like, Mm -hmm. all this different stuff happening in them and they are an entire universe in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. And, like, just thinking about one other person's life like that sort of blows my mind. Mm -hmm. And then you're in a train, so you've got all those people, and then you're on a larger train and it's one of the trains of, like, the thousand that run on the CTA. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a small fraction of Chicago, which is a small fraction of... Illinois, which is a small... And so, like, expanding out from that, like, one, just contemplating one other person to Uh everyone, Uh that, to me, is listening to... So, Om, the Om, Mm -hmm. what it means is it's the sound of, like, the universe all together and all of Mm -hmm. creation. Right. And for me, when I think about that, when I zoom out super far, that's me listening to Om. And that's me participating in that. Cool. But on a practical level, that means that when, like, someone cuts me off in traffic... I'm not going to scream at them and call them a dickhead mm-hmm. in my car, which doesn't do anything, because they're a complex person who might be having X, Y, and Z day, or have mm-hmm. parents who are really aggressive drivers, and they that's the only thing you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. It sort of helps remind me. I think that's super important. Yeah. I think I wish more people uh, saw the world like that, because yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm bad I th- at it, think, but... but like, yeah, I mean, no one's perfect at it, but keeping it in mind is, yeah. is helpful. Uh, this is a good segue into, because uh, I think you're already answering this question, uh, <laughs> how do you feel like your love of tattoos and your tattoos have affected your life creatively, mm-hmm. uh, and how do you feel like they've affected your life in general? 
creatively, it's interesting. So in general, I think that they they keep me a little bit more colorful. They keep me on my toes a little bit more because like people will ask about them in public, and mm-hmm. I can't. It it makes me a little bit more outward to other people, so mm-hmm. I have to sort of stay on my toes. Also, part of the scholarship that I hope to do is in theology and tattooing because cool. there's really not a lot of work in it and yeah. the church doesn't really have a stance on it either way mm-hmm. um the catholic church anyway. the catholic church yeah some i mean some churches it's an well, intrinsic yeah, the, part of the practice and oh, some part it's and like then, like well in uh the jewish faith mm-hmm. it's like no thank you do yeah, not besmirch your body and there's reasons why but like i had a friend in high school who your body was, is a temple right mm-hmm. and it's yeah something about not corrupting the body mm-hmm. and not marking it but I had a friend in high school who was Coptic Christian, which mm-hmm. is based in Egypt, and okay. she had a tattoo on her hand that she got when she was like thirteen or fourteen. Wow. As an intri- like it was part of her. It was just like a little cross, but mm-hmm. it was part of her religion. Mm-hmm. And so, and some religions really dig into that, and so mm-hmm. it's a really big part of them. Um, and for me, it's something that like I have a mix of. I've got tattoos for Chicago and some for my family and some for aesthetic reasons, but a lot of them are for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. And they're really important to me for that. And, like, as a religious person, it's an interesting way to talk to people who don't expect it. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of amused by being able to confuse people's conception of what a Catholic looks like. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I I had teal hair for a while. I'm covered in tattoos and I say fuck a lot. (laughs) But I'm also in grad school to get a degree in theology. Like, yeah. And so they become an interesting conversation starter. They're an interesting basis for me to, like, do scholarship in. Um, And overall, they're just, you know, they're a really cool form of expression. They're a way for me to reclaim my body, like I said. Mm -hmm. They're a way for me to feel really authentic to what matters to me. That's great. Uh, And they're always an interesting conversation starter. Yeah, if if those things matter, if those things matter to you, and 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 you you know really thought about them and care about them a lot when when you get it done, there's no way to deny that. Yeah. Once it's done, you know. <laughs> and I've thought about that. Like, what if like I've moved from Chicago? I don't live here anymore, and I still mm-hmm. have tattoos for Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what if I change my you know proclivities on faith or whatever? But the thing is that everything I got, I can tell you who I was with for every one of the tattoos mm-hmm. that I got. I can tell you where I got it, Mm -hmm. what it was going on, Mm -hmm. and that it was really true and authentic and real for me at that time, and it still matters to me. That's really cool. You know, it's an it's an interesting, almost like a scrapbook Mm -hmm. of where I've been. Yeah, I had the same thought actually. And I'm curious to see, like, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And there's stuff that I was gonna get that I never ended up getting, and I'm happy I didn't. Nice. Um, And I'm excited to see what I will eventually get. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And see what will matter. Like, I'm sure progress. My kids will get tattoos, and whoever I marry will get something on me for them. Like, I will mark milestones with that. And, cool. And that's really, that's important to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so, I love this podcast so much. I'm that so excited. That is so sweet. I, when you told me, I think at the last time I saw you at your yeah. stories, you were like, man, I just got to tell you, I thought I was going to go into MBSing and only listen to the ones of the people <laughs> that I knew. Yeah. And then I started listening to all of them, because it's great. That was like... That's such a high compliment. Yeah. That really means a lot. I, I love when people seem to be like getting out of it uh, what what I love about it. You yeah. know, being able to share that with people is really awesome. So thank you for telling me that and for expressing that you're going to be here this weekend and yeah. following up because I'm a shithead and I had a long week and forgot to follow up. <laughs> well, like, I was like, is it weird to invite myself no, on to Mary Beth's have, podcast? You have no, I mean, you have no idea how many people I've done that. 
yeah. uh, of the people that I've had as guests, and I love it. I yeah. think it's flattering. The fact that people express interest. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes don't like having to invite other people on it, because I'm like, I don't want them to feel obligated sure. to do it. I love... When people ask me if they can do it, I know for a fact they want to be here. Right, so. exactly. And you get to experience... That's why I love the ones with people, even the people that I don't know. Because mm-hmm. you and I share a similarity in that, like, you seem to really love when people are passionate about things. Love That's it. the basis of love this it, podcast. Love it. Yep, yep. And I'm the same way. We're like, I don't care about this thing that you care about, but I want to hear you care about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did and you... Uh, have you listened to the Charlie Chaplin episode from last week? Not yet, no. Okay, uh... Scott says the same thing. He says, yeah. like, I love that you are passionate about people being passionate about things. Yeah. So it's really sweet that that's come up more than once recently. It's good. <laughs> like, it's, you give a good, um, it's a good little passport for people to be passionate mm-hmm. and to be comfortable with, like, feeling passionate for other people. Thanks. You're welcome. That's really sweet. Shelby, I love you and I mean that. I love you and I mean that. <laughs> oh, yay! Claim it, <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.